Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Welcome back to the Dwell Differently podcast. It's your host, Natalie Abbott, and this is the first of the month. So this is the teaching episode where we dive into the verse that we're memorizing this month and we really talk about the context and why does it matter. And I'm just so excited to talk about this verse because I really think this verse gives us Jesus's answer to us about what we're supposed to do. So oftentimes we come to the Bible and we're like, God, what am I supposed to do? God, would you just help me? And here we have Jesus's answer. So the verse that we're memorizing this month comes from John 6, verse 29. And it says this, Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. It is such a great verse. And it really is one of those verses that just gives you such an answer to what the Bible is all about and what we're supposed to do with our lives. This is the work that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to believe. So let's put it in its context. We're going to read through a little bit of the passage that we find it in. And then we're going to talk about, well, who was asking Jesus this question originally? And why why did they ask him this question? And, and you know, why does that matter? So let's Let's talk about the people who asked the question first. So this, this question comes to Jesus the day after he feeds 5,000 people. Okay, so these people had been following Jesus because they saw the signs that he had performed in the healing of the sick, and they go out into the wilderness, 5,000 men plus women and children, so tons and tons of people. And you might be familiar with the story, but they're all sitting out there in the wilderness and Jesus looks at his disciples and he's like, how are we going to feed all these people? And they're like, um, Jesus, we couldn't earn enough money in a year to pay for all of this, right? Like there's no way. So he, Simon Peter actually comes up and says, well, I've got these two fish and these five loaves. And so Jesus miraculously multiplies the fish and the loaves and he feeds these 5,000 people. And their response is, we want to make you king. To which Jesus's response is, I got to get out of here, right? They want an earthly king. They are trying to make him king and he gets out of there. And so the disciples go across the Sea of Galilee to the other side. And in the middle of the night, Jesus walks on water and they're all freaking out, like looking at him, like, what did you just do? And Jesus says, do not be afraid. It is I. And they're like, oh, it's Jesus. And so they they bring him in the boat and immediately they're on the other side. And the next morning, that crowd of over 5,000 people is looking for Jesus. Like, where did he go? We saw the disciples leave, but he didn't go. Where did he go? And so they come, they, they themselves cross over the sea and they get to the other side and they come to Jesus and they, they're seeking him. Right. And they say, when did you get here? But instead of answering that question, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal. So he tells them, hey, you are looking for me for the wrong reason. You are looking for me because you had your bellies filled. You are looking for a physical need to be met. 
And and that's exactly why they wanted to make him king, right? They are looking to have their physical needs met. But Jesus says, you should be working for the food that endures to eternal life. So then they say to, to him, well, what must we do to do the works that God requires? So that's the question that Jesus is answering in our verse. And he answers, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they are looking for a list of things that they have to do. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. The work of God is this, believe in the one he has sent, believe in me. So they, they're like, okay, fine. Well, what miraculous sign will you give us so that we can see it and believe you? What are you going to do? And then they say, you know, our fathers, uh, they ate manna in the desert. So what about you? You want to do that for us? Which is super ironic because if you remember just yesterday, Jesus turned five loaves of bread and two fish into a meal that satisfied everyone with food left over. So manna come down from heaven, like they're asking for a sign that they just saw. Again, they're looking to have their physical needs met and then maybe they'll believe, right? But Jesus says again to them, I tell you the truth, it's not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. So then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Some of you might be familiar with that idea. So he is saying, I am the spiritual food that you need. Not like the manna, the physical food that you got. I'm the spiritual food. And he who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. So that's just such an interesting idea is that they have seen Jesus, but they haven't really seen Jesus. Again, like when he says, you have seen miraculous signs, but you didn't really understand what they were for. So that's our context, right? You've got a bunch of people who are looking to Jesus to meet their physical needs. And they go back and forth then after this, talking about Jesus being the bread of life, right? The spiritual bread that they're, they are spiritually starving and need to sustain them spiritually. But they keep getting hung up on the idea that this is a physical thing that Jesus is doing for them. And so they are seeking Jesus for the wrong reasons. They are not looking to Jesus to solve their spiritual problems. They're looking to Jesus to solve their physical problems. So that's our context. Um, and it, it's just interesting. They, they, they simply can't compute it. And even at the very end of our context, we see Jesus approaching his own 12 disciples after so many of them have left because they're like, we, we can't walk with him anymore. We don't understand him. That, that's, that doesn't make any sense. We can't actually eat him like bread, right? That, that's, that's how they're getting it. And Jesus says to his disciples, what about you? But Peter says, where will we go for you have the words of eternal life? So, so Peter's like, this is hard for sure. But somehow we know, we have seen the signs that you have done and we've interpreted them correctly that there's, there's something spiritual that you are giving us that even though we, we don't fully comprehend it yet, where else would we go? We know that you are the Messiah. In fact, let me read that verse to you because I think it's, it's a really beautiful declaration 
of who Jesus is. He says um, in verse 68, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. So even though we don't quite understand all your words yet, we believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. So I have two applications for you as we think about this, as we kind of delve into this first. And the first one is that even though the people, the crowd see Jesus, they don't really truly perceive Jesus. They are looking for Jesus for the wrong reasons. And the second one I want to talk about is about this concept of believing, that that's the central point that John is making in this passage that he's telling us that, that John is making in his whole book and that the Bible itself is challenging us to do. That's the central point. Are we going to believe in Jesus? So let's look at that first point, um, which is even though they see him, they aren't really understanding him for who he is. They're not really fully perceiving him. So notice when they were fed, right? He feeds all these people miraculously. What do they want to do? They want Jesus to be an earthly king and they come looking for him. And Jesus says, the reason you came looking for me is because you are looking to get your bellies filled. They are looking for Jesus to meet their physical needs only, right? And not only that, but what they're looking for is they recognize like, oh, well, there's probably something we have to do in order to earn that, right? So they're they're looking at their relationship with Jesus like a transactional relationship. So that's why they say to him, what are the works that we have to do in order to do the work that God requires, right? So God obviously wants us to do something here. What is that that we're ha- having to do? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Believe. That's the work of God, to believe. It's not this list of rules, but they just, because they're looking for Jesus in a strict, strictly physical way, they're having difficulty understanding when Jesus tells them, no, this is a spiritual need that you have. You need food that will sustain you physically, not physically, but spiritually, that spiritually you are dying. You are starving to death. And I am the only thing that will satisfy you spiritually. Unfortunately, though, we see in verse 26 and in verse 36 that they just can't see. They can't believe. So I'll read you verse 36. He says, but as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. So here they have seen him and yet they haven't perceived what it's all about. And Jesus says, that's why you can't believe because you're looking for the wrong thing. And I will go into this later, but I feel like this is a very convicting thing. Like how often are we going to Jesus because we want to have our physical needs met when the reality is when our spiritual needs are met, then all of that other stuff is peripheral, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things will be added to you. When we are seeking Christ and he is giving us peace and joy in our hearts, then the other things, our circumstances, they fall into their proper place, right? And those 
other physical needs that we have, uh, emotional needs that we have, circumstantial needs that we have, they fit into their proper place. And we can believe that God has everything under control, that Jesus is good, even in those situations. So Jesus right now for these people is breaking their categories. He's telling them that it's not at all about this transactional, you do this for me and I'll do this for you. He's saying, no, this is a beautiful relational grace. And what it starts with is belief. So, um, so that's our second point that John's book and this verse is all about belief. Are you going to believe? That's the question that John is asking. In fact, if we turn over um, into John chapter 20, at the very end of that chapter in verse 30 and 31, it says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So that's the main point, right? That's the point of Jesus's miracles that the the, the crowds could not see. That crowd of 5,000 plus people, they couldn't understand that the point of the miracles was for them to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, that he is the Messiah, and that by believing in him, they could have life in his name. And so that's the point, John says, of his book. And that is actually the point of the entire Bible. It is not written as a book of rules for us to live by. It's not written as a bunch of stories that are somehow metaphorically going to help us think about our lives and interpret our situations. No, it's written so that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who came to sacrifice himself and to give his life right? For us so that we might have spiritual nourishment so that we might have his righteousness. There are so many things that Jesus says about himself in the Bible, gives us these metaphors. But in, in our particular passage, he's talking about how he is the very sustenance that we need, the bread, the spiritual food that we need, because otherwise we are starving to death. So here's my question for you. If Jesus is our spiritual food, are we like those people? Are we looking to Jesus to give us the food that perishes? Or are we looking to Jesus for eternal spiritual satisfaction? Are we looking for him to meet only our earthly needs and earthly comforts? Or do we have eyes to see, spiritual eyes, to understand our spiritual needs and to find them met in Jesus? Moreover, are we living like the work of God is this, to do good work? I mean, practically so oftentimes I do that. I think, oh, I haven't done this or I haven't done that. But the reality is the work of God is about belief. It is about believing in Jesus and trusting in him that despite my failings, he has succeeded, that despite my sins, that he has given me his righteousness. So are we believing Jesus for his righteousness? Are we going to him for spiritual nourishment and joy? Or are we just going to him when we need something? Are we believing? Are we looking at 
the Bible and all the miraculous things that Jesus has done in the Bible and, and how all of the stories of the Bible point to him and to our spiritual lack in his spiritual life that he gives us. Are we doing that or are we just merely looking to the Bible for answers to our problems or to um, meet our physical needs? That is my question for you uh, as we close this session out is how are you understanding this idea of belief versus work? Are you evaluating your spiritual life by what you do or are you evaluating your relationship with Christ by belief? And are you believing in Jesus? So here's my challenge, though. This week and throughout the month, I would love for you to go through John and see how many times the word believe is in the Gospel of John. So read through the book of the, of the Gospel of John. It's 21 chapters, I believe. And I mean, like, hey, that's three weeks, but you could even space it out differently. But I just want you to circle and mark down how many times John says the word believe, that that is so crucial. And how many times does Jesus say, do you believe? And how many times does John really pose that question to you, the reader? Because that is what the book of John is all about. Are you going to believe Jesus. And I know you are going to be just floored by how many times the word believe is used. I know how many times it is, um, but I'm going to go along with you and I'm going to circle the word believe in my Bible. And I'm, I just already have started doing it and it's, it's unbelievable. It's amazing how many times John is challenging us. He is driving that point home. Are you going to believe? So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you are memorizing along with us. If you're not and you want to join us, just follow us on Instagram or you can become a member on our site, dwelldifferently.com, where we have memberships and we send out a monthly kit to help you memorize one Bible verse every month. Thanks for joining me today. And I'm looking forward to our next episode where we have a special guest who's coming on to talk about what does it mean to believe in Jesus. Hey, are you looking for a place to connect with other people who are memorizing this month's verse? We got you covered. Guess what? We have a Dwell Differently official Facebook group that you can join. And we're over there chatting about what this verse means and how it is affecting our daily lives. So go check it out on Facebook, the Dwell Differently official Facebook group. 